Hello, and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is John Goodwin, your host. This podcast is dedicated to the aspiring writer and artist, and will provide inspiration and tips from top professionals in the field. This week's guest is Max Chauvin. She is an aspiring game producer driven first by intellectual curiosity, and then her love for gaming. Through her experiences of taking part in all kinds of game design communities in four different schools, she has worked in various different environments and cultures that required collaboration. She has brought her ambitions into USC games, where she will be working on larger collaborative projects in a more professional and connected environment. I met her as the winner in the Illustrators of the Future contest published in volume 36 as a winner from Turkey. Welcome, Max. Hi, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's great to be able to have you. I really wanted to be able to have you on this podcast since um, first meeting you in person at the Rise of Future Awards Week. So this is great. We're finally getting together now. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, first of all, tell me a little bit about your, your curve, because this is the, obviously, it's the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast, and this is for aspiring artists in this case, who um, I think your, your personal story and your journey coming from a country in Turkey, which doesn't celebrate the arts and still making it uh, to achieve your dream. Tell me a bit about your journey and what you've gone through and that, and support from your family too, to achieving that. Okay. Uh, so, you know, as you all know, I come from Turkey and in my country, like, you know, okay, obviously people do not celebrate the arts. They mostly do not care about the arts and the art education and resources, even in terms of, you know, art supplies is very limited. And even if you can find the supplies or resources, they're very expensive. So you would either have to be rich, like super rich and like be in a, you know, well area, uh, or you would get nothing essentially. And that's what I had. My parents were doctors, but like the situation in Turkey is different. So even though they were doctors, we were not rich. We were not in a well area. Uh, we didn't have the resources. So all I had was, you know, internet, a pen and a paper and whatever I could find essentially. But like the single privilege I had was my family. They were very supportive. They told me I could do whatever I want. They didn't tell me to, you know, pursue, you know, engineering or being a doctor like the other families did, um, which was like really honestly helpful. But like that was the only thing I had, which is like part of the reason why I want to make the other artists out there aware that, you know, you can do it. And like all you need is just a single person that supports you. Um, because essentially when you start as an artist, you know, there are lots of ways to become an artist. There are lots of materials you can use. They don't have to be, you know, expensive. They don't have to be actual art supplies that those art um, shops sell. With my case, you know, I used whatever I could find. And in school, I obviously didn't have an art education because, you know, we didn't have any art education. Uh, we didn't have electives. We didn't have anything. It was just math, sciences and all that stuff. So I had to, you know, draw and illustrate and do all my art passion stuff besides uh, the traditional school environment, uh, which led me to have little to no free time at all because, you know, it was art when I was out of, outside of school and it was, you know, school work when I was in school. And yeah, it was just me trying to do my best, uh, being passionate because I had someone by my side saying that I could do whatever I wanted to. And because they believed in me, I could keep on going and my work paid off with illustrators of the future and now uh usc my dream program so i'm telling you guys that all of you can also achieve this that's great so now i'm fascinated with how you've you know you've made it to where you are right now starting with 
what it seems like virtually nothing. So what is it like? Did you first start like find newspaper and a pencil and you started just writing in the back, scrapping on the on the back of your of the newspaper? Or how did you actually get started with your art in the first place? What was the first what was the first remembrance you've got of actually doing art? Creating uh, well, my first memory uh, that, that was special to me, you know, in terms of art was when I was four years old, um, which is the, probably the earliest memory I can remember. I was drawing a dog, uh, you know, like, you know, I was doodling on a piece of paper like most children do. And then I remember thinking to myself, you know, what this is not an actual like this is not how a do dog looks like for some reason. And then I kept thinking about, you know, how it, how it formed, how its form was, how uh, its nose looked and all that stuff. I wasn't doing anything, you know, I was four years old. I was just, you know, lo looking at a dog and trying to draw what I observed. And then my parents saw my drawing and they were like very impressed. Uh, and then like I had, I don't remember my parents being that impressed about anything else. Uh, so I liked that a lot. And <laughs> because I liked their like responses, I just kept on drawing. And like, I, I had, you know, a random piece of paper and random pen I had because, you know, all my family members, not there's no one in my family that does art like it's all engineers doctors and that kind of profession so they wouldn't have any kind of art supplies at home uh but after that after they started supporting me and like because i liked doing it they could they tried to buy me whatever they could in terms of art supplies uh but yeah i started with just a piece of paper and the random pencil i found around that's great and then what type of art supplies supplies did you first start with you know, starting with, because it, I'm, t I'm anticipating that some people listening to this thing are in a similar situation, like the, maybe not the same exactly as yourself, but the poor starving artist is, is a common adage, but it's really true, you know? And so what were some of the things that you did that you, that you were able to then grow with some of those inexpensive art supplies? What worked for you? I honestly tried everything. Like if it, if I could buy it, I, I bought it and I tried it. Like everything i tried everything from you know graphic and graphite pencils to like ballpoint pencils to you know like anything if i if it could draw if it could leave a mark i tried it uh i even painted with coffee at some point like <laughs> if it can leave a mark you can essentially do something about it and like there are lots of very cool artists that only use coffee for example it's just regular coffee you can buy from like a walmart at like for two dollars so yeah Okay, good. So, because some people get into, they need to have all this amazing art supplies and be able to do art, and so you know, they feel they need to have all this stuff before they can actually do art. And you're actually just the opposite. You know, you didn't have a bunch of stuff. It was like for you, it seems like being an artist is paramount in your life, and that's that's what overrides everything else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like one thing uh, that I live by is. You know, it's not a matter of like if you can or can't. It's a matter of how can you do it. You know, you, you shouldn't tell you shouldn't tell yourself that I can't do it. You should ask yourself how can I do it? Because maybe you think you need all these supplies and maybe for your specific profession, maybe let's say you do, then you say like then how can I afford these supplies? Then you find other ways to afford those supplies, then you start cheap, then you move way up. Like there's always a way. That's great. Now as you say, as you say, coming from Turkey, how did you maintain your your drive to create art in an, in an environment which doesn't 
acknowledge or recognizing quite possibly suppresses art? This is an interesting question. Like my favorite professor, not professor, my favorite teacher in high school in Turkey was an American teacher, actually. He was the one who wrote me a recommendation letter. And that was like one of his favorite, I mean, one of my favorite sentences in his letter, who said, if you could hold on to your dreams in a country uh, that, you know, tries everything to get rid of them, I believe that you will achieve all of your dreams. Yeah, that's true. I don't know how, but like I just had the passion. I had the drive. I had my family. Like just a single person is enough. If you like something enough, you will keep doing it or you can yeah. keep doing it. Yeah. After, after the awards event, I saw how proud your father was of you. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So now um, you started off with, with basic, simple illustration. And obviously your, your art style is different than, I mean, it, it's from Turkey. So you're going to be influenced by the history of, of, of Turkey. How do you feel like that's influenced you? How do you think feel like it's influencing you now in what you're doing? Well, first of all, I've realized since, you know, studying here that some aesthetic things uh, or like some beautiful things uh, are not really common here. And not just in terms of style and what, you know, people think it's beautiful, but because people are not accustomed to it or like because people haven't seen it, they don't know it exists. So because I lived here and also in Turkey, uh, I started noticing these small things that would also be considered pretty here, like aesthetic and like, you know, stuff people would like to see. That's like part of the reason I started working on the illustrations for Cats of Istanbul, because Istanbul is a great city. I'm like, there are lots of free things, but it's not really like the vibes and the environment. That's not really a thing here. Here is also beautiful. There is also beautiful, but they're different. Mm -hmm. um, my experience and, you know, growing up there was just me um, seeing the differences and the beauty in the differences. I think it's something is also that is uh, very real with artists in general, just your very nature of how you look at life. You look at the beauty in at least based upon the art that you, that you draw, you don't, you're not into the uh, dystopian view of, of the world. You're into more of seeing the beauty in it, which is great. Yeah. So, um, so you went from drawing your, your, your dog and realizing that it didn't look like a dog and there's different things you had to do on it. So then what, what happened from there? What happened from there? Uh, I, your art, um, as, you, as, you, as you grew your art skills. As I grew my art skills, I realized that it was not, um, it was more, it had more to do with your vision and your logic, which sounds odd and I, I'm not sure how to explain it, but like, I, I figured it was more connected with logic and then I kept uh, doing my drawings first on a logical basis. Like in my mind, I would try to figure out how uh, I would place things, how, how, like what materials I would use to achieve the effects I wanted. And like, you know, just thinking stuff. I did the thinking, uh, it was like 60% of the work and then like 40% was actually hands-on. Uh, which I'm pretty sure like all the artists do to some extent be like they're probably sometimes not even aware but the imagination that's like the thinking part essentially uh, and yeah I did mostly thinking try to use whatever I could and if people are interested or like if there were any opportunities I tried to hold on to those opportunities to get more. I get it so where you're trying to illustrate a dog the way a dog looks but then you you know, meaning looking at life the way it looks to where you change around to like, 
how you see it, which isn't necessarily like a photograph. It's like how Max sees it. How did that transition happen? Oh, I guess that just happens with practice as you get to know yourself better. It's like, you know, how people say you discover yourself in your 20s and you're such a different person uh, when you're older and stuff. Like, it's the same with art. When you practice it, you will, you will, you know, or your art style will change and you will start to see things differently or you will choose to see things differently or like interpret things differently. It's just experience and, you know, life. <laughs> I get it. All right. So now, okay. So you were doing your, your art and your illustration. So at this point, we're talking about like, you know, your dog and, and your, that's my round reference here. It was elementary school. So then you moved through, I'm not sure how, how education gradients work in, in Turkey, but then middle school and upper school or high school, how did it evolve then from illustration to other forms of art while you were still in Turkey? What were some of the things that you ended up doing there? Uh, so I used to draw on the desks a lot, you know, <laughs> with the pencils I was supposed to be like solving multi-choice uh, questions with, you know, the, because Turkey education system only has, uh, you know, you, you solve math problems and that kind of stuff. So I would use my school um, supplies to draw on desks or like on, on books and stuff. And uh, a lot of the teachers would get angry with me, but because I kept, on just doing it and like my parents were supportive like that could have gone very wrong but every time I got into trouble for drawing in class uh they were like okay that's fine uh because I knew if I also you know I knew if I also studied and if my grades were good that really didn't matter if I drew on desks and stuff at least that was my way of thinking when I was in middle school because I just wanted to keep on drawing but I could see, I mean, it's not really important. Grades are not important, but I could see why some people's parents would, you know, have a problem with it. I didn't want to deal with that. So I kept my grades good and I kept drawing in class. So every time I got into trouble, my parents would back me up and like, it would, <laughs> it would be okay. So after a while, my parents took me to see a professor in an arts college. They, they were there to ask for advice, you know, what we should do, because this is what she, what she draws and all that stuff. Uh, and the art professor said, you know, don't do anything. Just try to get her as much as, as much supplies as possible. Do not um, let her get any of those, you know, courses uh, our teachers uh, teach in Turkey uh, because that will limit her creativity. And so my parents never sent me to, to those courses, which I'm very grateful for because there were like some courses, but they are they were not great. They were they were accustomed to the Turkish education system, which, as you know, is not really good with arts so that was just you know like math but like arts like that was something else anyways yeah so I grew up doing my own thing with my parents backing me up uh, and because that professor told them to help me in whatever way they could in terms of supplies uh, whenever I saw something I was interested in let's say uh, watercolor they would try to get me watercolor so I, that I could try it out and then I kept on trying and experimenting with everything I could until I liked you know whatever I was doing the best. And then I went from there. I get it. So at what point did it become a possibility for you to go to uh, college, to go to school in, in uh, the United States? Uh, so I was born in the United States. So I had a citizenship uh, and like, I always wanted to study here starting from first grade. Like I always knew I wanted to study, study here. Uh, my parents obviously didn't want to send their only daughter to 
college in another country as well as my other family members but you know since that was the only thing I would talk about <laughs> ever since I was a kid they kind of had to you know go along with it uh, but they were supportive in the end and you know I'm spending all this time doing art like all the other artists like I'm giving away my time to practice uh, to to draw and all these stuff uh, that are sometimes actually in most cases not supported so I have all this work I have with me so why can I not use it for you know getting scholarships or get, being accepted to colleges and I you know being accustomed to using any opportunity I could have I looked it up I researched and my parents obviously cannot afford to pay for college here uh, I'm not paying any money for USC because we don't have the resources so I, I just researched I had the dreams yeah, as long as you have the dreams, like you research, you find possible opportunities. If there are none, you create your opportunities. And that's what I did. Well, that's great. So like I read in, in your introduction here, you're working in various, you know, you've got these various environments and cultures. You said that, how does that play? Because you've got the culture of, I guess it's Turkey and in the United States or any other cultures that inter intertwine with you? Well, first of all, Turkey, yes. Then I studied in RISD for a year, uh, Rhode Island School of Design. I first went to college there, and then I Heard transferred to USC. RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. Yeah, so that was like my first year. Uh, then I went to USC. But before that, I went to summer camps um, in Ringling College of Art and Design and Michigan State University. So in all of these environments, I worked on uh, creative projects, and it was eye-opening for me because all the people I met and like the differences they had even in like game development which is a very specific thing they would have so many different ways of doing things uh, and my experience of transferring and going to those places to study for a few months that helped me a lot in terms of seeing different perspectives combined with my background of Turkey yeah so that helped me honestly every day well, that's great so you are now at USC um, which for anybody doesn't know is the University of Southern California, located here in Los Angeles, California. So you you commented at the beginning that you like working with with others, you like collaborations. How did that evolve? Um, so USC is for game design right now for many years, honestly, uh, is the number one game design school in the world, and the people here for game design are absolutely incredible, and they're always working on projects. They're projects all the time and you could be part of any of them you know there is a recruitment process and everything but you apply and like based on your skills you can get a job you can start working in these projects so i saw one of these projects uh and i intentionally i mean uh, first of all i didn't really think i would be working in these in my first semester because you know it's my first semester i'm trying to get you know make friends you know regular college experiences uh but one of them stood out and i ended up you know reaching out saying uh, hey, I don't have much experience, but I would love to, you know, learn from you guys because they were all seniors or like graduate students working on this huge project. And uh, I ended up starting as a level designer for that project after they saw my portfolio. And after a few months, I realized that because of my background experience with all the art stuff, you know, everything that led me to, you know, winning Illustrator of the Future, that helped me a lot. Like I saw that the artist team, for example, we in my project right now, it's a team of 40 people. We have 11 artists. And I saw some problems uh, in terms of, you know, 
how great our artists were, but like they were not working in their full potential. So after that, after my level design experience, then, you know, getting ex- accustomed to the project, I talked with the director uh, about all this, my experience and what I was seeing and all that stuff, uh, which led me to me working as an art producer lead. So right now I work for Juneland Confectionery. It's the largest game project in USC games right now. And it's, you know, I'm leading 11 artists. I'm managing their tasks and, you know, all those stuff. And they're doing amazing work, uh, which is thanks to Illustrators of the Future because uh, after that workshop I had with them, I realized, like, how much I love working with the artists. I love my art back- background. I love doing art still. But I love it even more when other people, other artists, live up to their full potentials because they have so much to offer. And, like, if I can make that happen, that would be, you know, good for everyone. And I like that. Well, that's great. So you mentioned the, the, the workshop. So briefly describe what, what the workshop was like for you. A uh, workshop for me was more about networking and seeing and like meeting people because I care about people a lot. That's part of my job. And meeting all these illustrators and they're like seeing their amazing work. Uh, that was very inspiring for me. I mean, besides all the industry experience and knowledge, these uh, people presented us with, uh, because that's like on, honestly a huge help because technical stuff you can learn online but industry experience like all their stories you cannot learn that from anywhere else only yeah. people can tell you that yeah uh so i mean that that besides that was a huge thing uh, also the other people like other illustrators and it was in person too so that helped a lot more uh, you know seeing them in person uh experiencing it you know it, it had a different vibe it was a beautiful experience that's great any particular of the um, of the sessions at the at the workshop that you got more out of the, than others, or that you remember better, like either with Echo Chernik, who's the the coordinating judge, or Dan Dos Santos, or or um, I mean, there, you would have gone through several of these of our judges um, speaking to you. Um, not exactly. It was not exactly a session for like for when they were speaking, but in one of the figure drawing, yeah, live figure drawing sessions. Uh, I got to see how, like, including the judges, how they worked. And it was very different for a lot of different artists. Like, their progress, the way they started, the materials they used, the way they saw the art, I mean, saw the people standing in front of us, even though it was the same subject. Everyone had a different way of approaching. And seeing them in action, uh, the judges and the other illustrators, was very inspiring, and I liked that a lot. Oh, that's great. So now, in terms of, working with with other people what is your like what's your goal or what's your objective that you see for your own future as an artist so right now i'm trying to get uh more experience as i can uh to you know lead teams and stuff right now it's 11 but i want to expand that honestly mm-hmm. um, and get even more experience because i know artists i've been an artist and i know how to help them and i know how to make things look pretty which is like a very <laughs> required skill if you want to make anything that you know sells that grabs people's attention um for any industry anyways uh what i want to do is get more experience get more networking done meet new people maybe even co-founders but like the reason i'm here and meeting all these artists networking and all this stuff is because i want to start my own business in the games industry that's what i see for my future and that's my end goal that's great it's interesting because your art is is it really communicates well. And one of the things that Owen Hubbard, the person that, that created the contest, stated that art is the quality of communication, you know, so that 
you know, with, with what you're doing with your various environments and your various cultures, you're able to reach out and, and touch a lot more people with your with your art than someone who's maybe not as as rounded in your experience with people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is so important to like understand more uh, than your responsibilities because you might you might be doing something not related to art, not related to anything. But you know, you're gonna work with people. They're doing their own thing. And if you understand what they're doing, or if you have experience, even that's even better. You can be a better communicator. You can understand them. You can empathize. You like all the soft skills and all the like emotional connection and relationship building becomes much more meaningful. And you have you suddenly have much more access to everything around you because you can form these relationships because you can build these networks and that's like very important which is absolutely correct so the awards gala i mean you you were you look awesome there with your with your with your dress and both your parents you know they were so proud it was like you know i look back afterwards at the various photos everybody in there is you with your with your family it's just like proud papa and then obviously he posted his his posts on, on social media there. But what was it like? Briefly describe what it was like for you being at, at the uh, awards event. It was very surreal, definitely. Huh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was not used to anything like that. Like, never. We didn't have our own prom, like, considering the <laughs> lack of experience we had and anything fancy. To, and, like, consider this you know we don't have our own prom because of covid we don't have anything and it's turkey so like it is hard to find these resources especially if you're not rich you know so after all this having this place you know uh having this experience and for your art even that was such such an experience. it was unbelievable yeah that was like from zero to a hundred real quick <laughs> so, yeah uh it, it went really fast because it was like absolutely incredible. That's great. When you're called up onto the stage, you know, as as a winner to go up and and speak, what was that like? Oh, it was exciting. Uh, like I felt very grateful that I got to speak a few sentences about my situation, my experiences, because I know a lot of people are in in these situations. I keep talking with these people. A lot of people reach out to me especially in Turkey, because, you know, I've went through the same thing. Uh, so I was very grateful that I got the chance to speak about these stuff. And hopefully maybe someone saw it and uh, they were inspired and they kept on working. So yeah, grateful. That's good. And then what type of, of um, I mean, what's the value to you or as an artist to being recognized as, as a winner in this international art contest? What like, what does that do in terms of a vote of confidence, if nothing else, as an artist? Definitely a lot, <laughs> because I, uh, I feel like a lot of artists suffer from the fact that, you know, there are lots of photorealistic artists out there, and they do great. Lots of different kinds of artists, lots of professionals. And sometimes uh, artists tend to compare their work to other artists, you know, maybe thinking, you know, is this good enough? Uh, should I, you know, maybe draw more realistic? like what am i doing like imposter syndrome and something like this like boosts your confidence a lot because you know that even like no matter what style you're drawing in or illustrating in, meaning you have this uh to back you up yeah <laughs> so whatever someone may think or say that doesn't change the fact that someone recognized your work and like it was something big that's great it's it's funny because one of our of our of our judges 
who now, Craig Elliott, who works at Disney, but he was the, um, the director at, the art director at uh, Netflix for a while. When I had him on, on the podcast uh, last year, he said he knew about the illustrators and Rise of the Future contest when it first started coming out. He never entered because he never thought he was good enough. And yeah, uh, a lot of people, you know, you're talking about like the, you know, the imposter syndrome. So he thought like, oh, I could never be that good. But yet here he is now. He runs all the animation at Netflix. Now he's moved over to Disney. A lot of what you see in animated movies is his creations. Those are his designs, you know. And so that's one thing I'd, I'd like to address a little bit more is just the imposter syndrome. and what your take is on it and why it's important not to succumb to that, but to still persist on your own dreams and don't be your own worst enemy. So talk a little bit about that if you can, please. Uh, okay. So the reason, uh, as I might've mentioned that I like to support people and like tell about my experiences is that I was lucky enough to have my parents believing in me and nothing else. So because that was the situation, I was able to understand that, even a single person, even if you have nothing, like a single person believing in you can change a lot because it's all about you. It's all like everything you can do. It's all within your skill set. Or if it's not, you can grow that skill set. It's like possible. And there are many proofs of that happening with, you know, people coming from low income families, people coming from nowhere. Uh, so essentially that I'm here to tell people that they can. And I would love to be that one person that's believing in them because I, I've seen it happening many times it is possible and anyone can do it if they have the passion if they like it enough as you said with the like Disney executive and like the head of Netflix the previous head of Netflix <laughs> he didn't even think that he was good enough for a contest which he's now being involved in more than just a contestant so obviously everyone can do it and especially the artists good now, did you ever have have to deal with someone saying like, don't do art, you need to be more responsible for your future, you need to be an engineer, you need to be a doctor, you need to do something that's going to better guarantee um, your future? Have you, did you ever have to deal with that? Oh, all the time. I mean, nearly everyone around me. I mean, I, I, I was lucky enough to have a supportive circle, but it is Turkey. Like, the majority of population don't know or care about arts. And the teachers and lots of people around me, like a lot of influential people around me. Like I never got any respect for my arts uh, from my high school. Even when I told them that I, like, when I won the illustrator award for this competition, they didn't care. <laughs> Which is like very funny because you know they're a small high school in a random city of Turkey, and you know this is a great marketing opportunity for their high school. You know, some student is winning an international art award, but they didn't care. That's how much uneducated or like how much god how less uh, value to art there is in my country so sometimes verbal and sometimes because of these nonverbal or small things i felt it a lot there was this one teacher that told me like this exact sentence in turkish i hope you never graduate she told me this exact sentence because um <laughs> you know i was doing art um, and because I was not supported, I had no sense of belonging to my school. I, I mean, I didn't have any respect for my school because they didn't respect me. And because of this fact, some of the teachers were even against me graduating high school. Uh, oh. But yeah, that was very, 
funny um, in a frustrating way. Uh, but I kept on pushing. It doesn't matter what they said. I'm here now. And I mean, there was my family <laughs> supporting me again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there would be always those kind of people. And like, even if you were doing great, amazing, astonishing work, there's, there's still going to be people like that. And it's sometimes not their fault because, you know, they're coming from that kind of background. It doesn't really matter for the long run. Like, they're not going to be a part of your life for a long time anyways. So yeah, I just didn't care enough. <laughs> and then I kept on going. That's great. Because that's, I think that's one thing that's really, really important that people understand. Because I run into the same thing with people that are aspiring writers as well. You know, that you got someone that will say, you know, don't give up your day job. You know, why would you want to do something where you don't have a guaranteed, you know, you're going to get your, you know, this, that, and the other thing with a regular job. Don't, you know, don't do that. But the people that excel and not like yourself right now is like, you can't envision a life without your art. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. A lot of people need the support in their life because they do amazing work and sometimes it goes unrecognized because some other people around them are telling them not to quit their day job which is very wrong it, it is absolutely incorrect that you cannot make a living with your passion and it is again incorrect that if you like art you you can do a lot of things related to art and like as an artist but you don't have to work as you know a freelance you know broke artist everyone thinks you are yeah so for your future then because you know, obviously you're going to USC and then you're you've got this amazing opportunity that you've taken advantage of working on this team um, and as they've obviously you've got some serious skill that they were able to take you straight away and now you're already a supervisor in this program that's mostly contains seniors so um, I mean that's quite a testament to you and your and your um, abilities so do you see yourself being able to do continuing on with your art, like your illustration, your painting, uh, creating games, like uh, being diverse across the arts, as well as being a manager of your own company? Do you, you envision yourself all, all types of art continuing or do you want to get specialized right away? Um, I like, okay, so right now I work in very different fields in terms of the arts. Uh, I don't work as a game artist because I'm more interested in the art production side but I can do that whenever I want and I can get involved with projects as an artist whenever I want to but because of my own decision I'm more interested in the management side of things because you know after all these experiences and after working as an artist myself it is like it is honestly such a great feeling to give the other, other artists the opportunity to make things look beautiful because I know they can and I know how to organize them um, but like if I wasn't interested in the management side, I have gotten many offers to work as an artist for the projects. And like, I'm, I just reject them because I'm more interested in the management side, but like, that's very possible if anyone wants to do that. But I'm like definitely interested in art management or creative management. So, so just to define that a bit better so that people listening to this can know what you mean when you say art management. So what is exactly is art management as compared to the creative side? Okay, so it could mean different things in different industries. I'm gonna speak for the game industry for, you know, because I'm in this in that field and I've not been in the other field, so I'm not sure about those. And depending on the scale of the company, you might be a lot or very little involved in the creative process. If it's a very large company and you're working as an art manager, like creative director, or like art producer, 
you are mostly organizing tasks and organizing the art team uh, to make sure that they make the game, make the visuals look amazing. But if it's like on the smaller scale uh, or the smaller side of the scale, you can be more involved in the creative process, even, you know, deciding for how the game visuals should look or like deciding for the tasks yourself. Um, and a lot of different positions come up come out of you know arts production you know arts direction uh art leads creative direction all these stuff are uh, management stuff but like involved in the arts somehow and the level of creative input can depend on mm -hmm. where you're working uh yeah right now i get to have a lot of creative input in my projects um i get to do concept art and if i can if i want to i can do modeling and contribute through that stuff as well but yeah it depends on uh, where you're working yeah so I guess with respect to other aspiring artists, because you've obviously, you're like the leader of the pack with, with, your, with what you're doing here. What advice do you have now for other aspiring artists of you know, what you had to go through, like what kept you inspired, like deep down inside that they can then use as well to keep themselves going and achieving their dreams? Mm -hmm. I would say, like, live the life to the fullest with, with your passions as much as you can. Because for me, I found this one memory, one experience that just stayed with me for, for my whole journey. And whenever, I, whenever something was hard, whenever I wanted to give up, whenever, you know, I had a big obstacle, I could go back to that memory. I could go back to the experience and say, well, this is my reason. You just have to find yourself a reason so that, you know, because life will be hard, you, you're going to fail a lot like but you have to get up every single time you have to find a reason to keep getting more opportunities to keep finding making opportunities to keep going i get it so and if you don't mind sharing what was that reason for you what was oh. that <laughs> yeah it doesn't have to be something big with me it was it was like one night uh it was 5 a.m in the morning uh and i was playing Rainbow Six Siege with my friends on the PlayStation 4. Uh, like, <laughs> uh, I have this one room that's very small that there's no lights, no windows, uh, and I have a TV and my console. Like, it was like a man cave. Uh, I was in that man cave playing Rainbow Six Siege with my friends at 5 a.m., sleep deprived. And for that moment, we were in custom game mode. Uh, for that moment, the game had a bug which looked ridiculous. And because we were all sleep deprived, and it was 5 a.m. and, you know, a bunch of gaming people. That seemed ridiculously funny to us. And I remember laughing for like at least 30 minutes until my uh, stomach started hurting. And at that moment, I thought, I don't want to leave this experience. I don't want to ever stop playing games in my entire life. I want to keep playing games. I want to keep having these experiences that I love to have, uh, even though it was 5 in the morning. And then you know, being a game designer was a way to make that happen because to make games, you have to play games. And that's what I'm doing. Well, that's great. So that's, that's what keeps you going no matter what with any difficulties or over or humps that are really hard to overcome. Yeah. That's great. So I guess then for the aspiring artist or illustrator, anything that, you know, again, we'll go back to this a bit then on, on just the whole way that you went ahead and and over overrode all the obstacles and barriers because that's something that especially here in the united states there's a tendency to uh think that things are owed to one 
you know, it's, it's, um, and that's, that's a definite liability because it's just, you know, at some point they realize, you know, if you're going to get something, you need to work for it and get it. So again, let's go over a little bit about your whole, how you, how you capture each step of the way, how you owned it and then, and overcame it and then take your next level up, like your mindset. Okay, uh, so here, because, you know, United States, um, in terms of welfare and people's lives and like what can what they can afford, their opportunities, you know, because of the country, essentially, uh, because it's so much better than most places, it is somewhat understandable that, you know, people don't really realize what's actually going on outside of the States and what people do not have. Uh, uh, but actually, you do not you're not owed anything you like pub, for example public schools i've seen many people complaining about how uh, they didn't have a 3d modeling class and i'm like what do you mean we didn't have any electives we, we didn't get to choose anything like like the smallest things they have and like even okay even if you don't have any electives let's say you don't have anything let's say your school is the worst of the worst because it's the United States, you can find an art club, an art course, like a studio somewhere nearby. I didn't have none of that in my city, like nothing, absolutely nothing. And that's okay. That's like, that's how they were raised. That's what they've seen. But it's at some point, it's important to realize that if you don't have any, if you don't have something you want, you go get it. And if it's unfair, then that's how it is because life is unfair. And it's going to keep being unfair like some people are privileged some people are not uh that doesn't change the fact that you can get whatever you want with enough work and in my case i looked up a lot of different art studios in my city which turned out to be not so art studios and like none of them worked so i went to the internet and i like contacted a lot of people i did my research i found all the summer programs i could apply to that that could give me scholarships and then like I applied to those things. Uh, I researched how to get those scholarships. I researched how to be a good candidate uh, because it's all on the internet. It's all there. Like I didn't have the physical resources, but I still had internet, which I'm sure a lot of people here also have. Yeah. So I went to those scholarships. I mean, I went to those summer camps, for example, with Ringling. Uh, it was an art free college program. Uh, my focus was in game art and game design in there too. And I won a scholarship. It was a group of 200 people and they gave a scholarship to three people, if I remember correctly. And with that scholarship, I essentially went there for free. And I had, I had set myself a goal. If I could get that scholarship, I was gonna use the money I saved to buy an iPad. Um, and after I won, I then allowed myself to buy an iPad with the money I saved, not the money my parents gave me. Um, and then after that, I got more into digital art and stuff. Uh, so it was just, you know, one step at a time. You, you start with the internet, you start with whatever you have. If whatever you have is not enough, you find more online resources. Because like at, at this point with COVID, uh, it made it so much easier to access online resources. It made a lot of things online and you can get experience. You can get working experience as a remote artist now more than you could uh, previously. So, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And I think that's it's so true, you know, that wanting to have something, having to have before you can actually do your art, it's like, um, I mean, you're living testament to the fact that it's, it's the desire, despite all obstacles and barriers to overcome them to be able to, to reach your goals and your dreams. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I believe other people can do it too. So that's why I like producing with the artists, especially because I know they can do it. And like, if they need support, I can support them. Yeah. I mean, I would love to invite you back this year at the Rise of the Future event to, at the workshop week to, to speak uh, to the winners just from your own perspective, because it's just, um, it's just, it's so amazing. And I mean, we've got winners from eight countries this year. So this is the most we've had. Oh. So it's, it's really good. It's, it's continuing to grow. And I know that as a result of this podcast, when this goes live, it's going to result in that many more people realizing that they don't need to buy into all the, um, you know, the can't be done, the things that, you know, to give up your hopes and to, and to dash your, your dreams, you know, because you're living proof in all your glorious red color there that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that it really can be done. But yeah, I think it'd be great for you to be able to not only speaking now to, to aspiring artists on this podcast, but also to speak to them, you know, to the winners that this can be done. And obviously I want to introduce you to more of the judges too. Um, oh, I would love that. Because you are, you know, you really are amazing. I'm just, I'm, I'm really glad that we've had this opportunity to talk. So we, we've got about another less than 10 minutes here. So any particular messages that you wanted to relay yourself to the, um, I guess, to aspiring artists or people that are even thinking about wanting to have a dream about being an artist? Well, um, for the whole, for this whole time, I've been talking to you, but I could, I would want to use this chance to talk to the artists, like specifically artists. Like I can say that I believe in you. Like I personally believe in you, even if I haven't seen your work yet, because even if I haven't seen your work and even if you think, or, actually are a, like a very beginner and your skill level is very low i've seen many artists going from zero to a hundred real quick because they were so passionate and like even in a uh, span of two years i've seen artists like develop incredibly like it was just stick figures to actually realistic paintings in a span of two years and like i've seen this happen many times absolutely honestly i can say that i believe in you and i would be supporting you if you want to reach out to me uh, I'm sure my contact information for my like, social media accounts would be shared here, hopefully. Uh, so yeah, you can reach out. I would love to talk and support you. <laughs> That's amazing. So I guess then the, the last thing is, do you see yourself ever migrating back to Turkey or now that you're here in the States that you're going to uh, stay here and, and just create and continue to expand here in the United States? Uh, well, two things. First of all, the opportunities I have are enormous. Like compared to Turkey, it is beyond anything I could get there. And if I want to help anyone in Turkey, the best thing I can do is expand here and then extend help over there. So I'm definitely going to stay here. Also, as a woman, it is easier to live here. <laughs> I have to say. No doubt. That makes sense that you can actually probably do more for artists in Turkey from a stable place here in the United States and be able to reach out to them. Um, you're bilingual, correct? Yeah. So quite possibly English is your second language rather than your first language. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Turkey ever since I was one. So yeah. So is there anything you'd like to say um, in Turkish to the artist? Cause that'll be part of this as well. Oh yes, absolutely. Ben size inanıyorum ve kesinlikle yapabilirsiniz. Ve bana Instagram'dan da ve hani herhangi bir Türk uh, kaynaktan ulaşabilirsiniz. Türkçe benim ilk şeyim, uh, ilk dilim ve ben orada yaşadığım tüm hayatım boyunca ben size inanıyorum. And that's it. 
Okay, good. Well, this has been great speaking with you. And um, like I said, I'm just I'm just so happy we did this this interview. You're you're a true inspiration. And um, I'm glad to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, with that, we're going to uh, wrap up this uh, this interview. So thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. For those of you wishing to reach out to Max, you can find her at earmaxchauvin.com. That's I-R-M-A-K-C-A-V-U-N dot C-O-M. Or you can email her at earmaxcav at gmail.com. That's I-R-M-A-K-C-A-V at gmail.com. Yeah. And thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast where we get your podcasts. We've also been syndicated on the United Public Radio Network where you can find these podcasts as well. Writers and Illustrators of the Future are contests created by Elwin Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and artist to be seen and acknowledged. It is free to enter and open to amateur short story writers and artists of science fiction or fantasy. Again, thank you very much, Max. Good to be here.